But let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for this time you've given us to be able to uh, get into your word, to really begin to understand the importance of discerning what's in front of us. Lord, we pray um, that we become people who desire um, to be sensitive to you and, and to be willing to follow you, God, so that we'll be able to know what school, what job, what person to marry, what what city to stay in and live in, and, and just all the different important ventures of life that we'll be able to tap into your vision. And with and tapping into your provision, we trust that you will provide for it. But we pray um, that we, as we navigate this text and some points, that we'll be able to um, desire deeper depths of discernment so that we'll be able to be keenly aware believers that can be able to navigate this treacherous demonic world. With that being said, we come against any type of demonic plots and schemes, any type of retaliations uh, against myself for delivering this word. And with that being said, God, we thank you for this time that we have. And Jesus, I'm going to pray. Amen. Uh, we're going to be talking about discernment again. Then we should be done with this uh this topic, uh, one of the main verses that I want to kind of bring back into light is uh, Hebrews 5, 13 through 14, which says, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, to distinguish good from evil. That verse has so many layers. We're going to take some time to break it down. It says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled. We have, I have some points on the word unskilled. I have here that um, unskilled believers are bland, lazy, disinterested in growing. They're dull or inexperienced. You have to examine your spiritual walk. Because in order to walk and navigate this demonic world, you have to be disciplined. You have to be mature. Nobody wants to play with an unskilled basketball player, unskilled football player, unskilled. If you have a teammate that's unskilled, then why even partner with them, right? Why, why even in, in, our, in our league, right? So, but imagine in a spiritual world how many of us are unskilled. Could you truly discern the difference between a man God sent you and a man the devil sent you or, or vice versa? Could you be able to discern right now those who are seniors what school are you going to go to? It's very important to make sure that you say, okay, God, I'm going to start developing my, my ability to discern. Also, it says it's going to be hard for you to discern if your digestive tract is not developed. Babies can live off milk, but us as seasoned people are not supposed to be living off of milk. Milk is, oh, I know the basics. And even some people don't even know the milk of Christianity. They don't even know the milk of what they believe. Most people, hopefully not in this room, can't even prove the deity of Christ, can't even prove that Jesus actually exists, can't even prove the infallibility of God's word. When you get into these college campuses and you're tested with, with black Hebrew Israelites or Muslims or people from different belief systems, if you don't know why you believe what you believe, you're going to end up not believing what you thought you believed. And you have to make sure that you're just not unskilled. Now, what is the benefits of being a skilled person? And you can pick whatever field for those who want to elaborate. Why is it important to be skilled? Go ahead. Track. track. So let's. So why is it important to be skilled in track? Um, the more skilled you are. Wow. I'm thinking this. The more skilled you are, because people think like you're just running. You're really not. The more skilled you are, then the less like effort it will take for you to achieve those shorter numbers. And imagine. So what would happen? 
How, what, how frustrated would you be if you're in a relay with an unskilled runner? Oh, mm, I've had this happen in high school. Oh, I'm man. <laughs> I said, you not let that person run. We are going to lose. <laughs> Good. Anybody else? <laughs> Anybody else want to share? It could be about sports. It can be about whatever it is. Yes, yes. Shh. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Hey, listen, man, I, God shouldn't have to compete with you. If you're that good, I'll let you teach. It's that simple. i give you this chair and see how really good you are. All right? Go ahead. If you're skilled, like, in general, you have, like, a higher advantage of opportunities, and you have a higher advantage to getting opportunities and getting, like, more. Yeah. What's the difference between talent and skill? Yes. Yeah. But more than likely, when you're skilled at something, it's like developed over time, and it's to the point where it's almost like, like you can't debate that that person is just like that when you see them. Like they've really like come a long way. Yeah. Anybody else? Talent and skill. Uh, I said talent is God given. Yeah. You come out the room, you have that, and then skill you can work hard for it. Got to work hard for. It. Which one will make you the most money in life? Talent or skill? Skill. And why is that? We talked about economics class, the importance of being, I think we talked about this, and I don't think you're not in the class, but we talked about efficiency. Like, like the goal in life is to get to such a place where you're so efficient at what you do that they'll pay you millions of dollars. Now, is Steph Curry 100% from three? His percentage is what? 40, 39, 40, 41, right? Is that perfect? But they pay him a quarter of a billion dollars to be 41% from three. It is not about perfection. It's about efficiency. Like, I have to be in my word so I can be an efficient teacher. I just can't be just reading God's word and just give you my opinion. I have to be able to be in this, this word of God so much to the point where I can rightly divide it, to the point where when it's planted in your life, you can bear fruit, right? So you have to begin to examine, what's the point of being so skilled in your sport, so skilled in your academia, but you're not skilled spiritually? You can't cross a demon. <laughs> you can't outrun a demon, <laughs> You can't outsmart a demon, but you can't outword a demon. And when you know God's word for yourself and you're skilled in the things of God, you can be successful. Why do you think our Bibles collect more dust than anything in our homes? Why do you think we rarely spend time with God? Because a demon is not going to want to go up against someone skilled. He's going, those demons are going to want to come up against you or me if we're proven in an area not to be solid and valid. So if we're just still sipping on milk, see, we can advertise. There's a lot of talented shouters, you know, talented worshipers. There are talented um, people who can quote 50,000 scriptures. They're talented, but they're not skilled with the word. What did Jesus use in uh, uh, the wilderness when he was tempted? The word. How skilled are you in the word of God? How skilled are you when you're in the moments of anxiety to be able to use that word to alleviate it? How skilled are you when uh, are you able to navigate the treacherous comments of individuals in different arenas that you're able to keep your mind sharp and fixed? Right. And so we said here that it's going to be hard for you to discern if your digestive tract is not developed. If your spiritual digestive tract is not developed, what I mean, you're not able to chew through sound doctrine. The Bible says that in the last days, people would not be able to endure what? 
If you look at our culture now, everything is in increments of seconds to the point to where if I really sat down and took a three day class on, uh, on breaking down what it means to be saved, a lot of people may not be able to endure it. But those who have strong digestive tracts, those who are able to chew through God's word, those who are able to comprehend and understand are the ones that's going to truly stand. So you have to ask yourself, am I still sipping on milk at 16 years old? Am I still sipping on milk on, at 17 years old? Or am I the latter of the scripture that says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. The word of righteousness is important. Like I know who I am. I know where I stand before God. I know what I believe that no matter who comes to me, I know the truth. Why is knowing the truth so essential? Why must you know the truth in everything? Yes. Won't be easy to see. Anybody else? Yes. Good decision. That's right. Anybody else? So you won't lie to yourself. All of those things are important. Because the worst person I always say to lie to is you. If you always lie to the person in the mirror, that person in the mirror will never develop. So I have to understand what the word of God says about me. What does God say about me? Because I'm his child. It says, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment, that's a supernatural power to discern because things that's presented to you is going to look good. The devil ain't going to present what you don't want. Right. If uh, well, no, I ain't going to pick on me. Please understand what I'm saying. Like, is the devil going to tempt you with a man or a woman? <laughs> a woman. Why? <laughs> I was wondering why, why you took so long to think. You took a long time, but it's OK. It's OK. I know. I know. I know you. I know, I know you straight. I know you straight. I know you straight. That's right. Shh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, is the devil is not going to tempt you with something that's, that's not attractive to you. He's going to use the very thing that he knows. The Bible says when a man or woman is tempted, they're tempted by their own what? Desires and entice, right? So tailored means that if 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 Maz tailored suits, it's not going to be able to fit Ahmad, right? Ahmad's tailored suit's not going to fit me. We're different tailors, right? It's tailored differently. So the demons examine you. They know exactly the metrics based upon how strong you are spiritually. Demons don't care about <clears throat> that you're just a Christian alone. They they're going to examine how how. Uh, full and how vibrant and how fervent you are in the things of God, right? They know exactly what's going to make you fall. Think about this past week. How much did you fall this week? Don't you got to tell me, but how much did you fall this week? What was used to make you fall? Was it the same thing that made you, that made you fall? Was what made you fail weeks ago? They're not going to waste their time trying new tricks. They're going to use the same one that, that worked against you the first time. And so, but those who are discerning, are able to say, you know what, I got to develop. Because the more I develop, the more I grow in the things of God, the more I begin to lose taste in the things that's not from God. And at y'all's age, y'all got to be very, even more clever and cunning. Because back when I was a kid at y'all's age, I didn't have the amount of temptations you have. Pornography didn't load in 20 seconds. Pornography back in my day, we had to wait 20 minutes for the load. You see what I'm saying? So the temptation for you all is so quick. It don't have to be pornography. It can be whatever it is that you're facing. It could be uh, whatever temptations. But it's so quick and fast now. 
and it's and it's outgrown your ability to actually manage it. Like if you're a, a, a person that desires love, you're going to be tempted by lust easily. That's why you got to know whose you are and who has accepted you or not. Then, then that same trick that that made you fall last time will trip you up again. And so the scripture again says, let me make sure I find it. It says, uh, but solid food is for the mature. How mature are you spiritually? Think about it. Because right now, maybe some of you all are still living off of your mamas and daddies or Victory Christian Center Schools version of Christianity. But you don't even have your own. See, when you turn 18, you get out in that real world. You got to live off of your own. You can't call mom and be like, mama, oh, how did you navigate this? Mama going to be like, I never faced that. <laughs> I never faced it how you're facing it. But right now you have the ability to say, okay, God, I got to take my spiritual development and my spiritual maturity a little bit more serious, right? So it says again, uh, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, the ability to see deeper. Now, discernment is, I think uh, a lot of you all said something about discernment last week, but Harmony, you said something. You said to see, what was your explanation of discernment again? If you can remember. You define discernment as something. I, I remember you saying it. It's okay. I know you. I know you. But my discernment <clears throat> is being able to see beyond what is seeing me. Because the people that's presented to you, you don't know what demons they have. You don't know how they're viewing you. You don't know that they may be a ticking time bomb. That, that you ever been with someone or been friends or been dating someone where it's been good the first six months was good oh, the I first. Think I what was it? About seeing ahead. Seeing ahead. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Discernment is having the ability to say, okay, number one, is is this even right for me? Am I even ready for what's in front of me? Like, like discernment has to be deeper. It has to be able to, you have to be at a place where you're able to say, it looks good, but God is too good enough of a God to give me something not good for me, even though it looks good to me. So discernment is having the ability to say, you know what? You're handsome. You're beautiful. This is a great opportunity. But I don't think this is the right opportunity. Last point here, growth and maturity increases discernment. The more I grow in God's word, the more I mature, it increases my discernment. Just knowing Bible verses won't help you in the verses. Just knowing Bible verses, like you can memorize scriptures all day, but when you in a verses between you and a demon or you in a situation, just knowing them ain't going to help you. You got to live them. It has to be so caught up in your spiritual DNA that you're able to see the right way, that you're able to say, you know what, Jesus, man, think about being in the wilderness for 40 days. No food. No, no friendship, no company. Hot, barren. And after the 40 days, you're tempted. He tempted him. To, what was the first temptation? So the devil went right to his natural side. Can you turn this stone into bread? Why are you going to go to the bread of life and ask him to turn stone into bread? Jesus knew who he was. He says, I'm the bread of life. Why would I even try to provide for me? Because what he's trying to teach is that we can't provide for our own salvation. He has to be the one that quenches your hunger. 
so that you won't be forcing stone into bread, forcing a relationship that is stone into bread, forcing a friendship that's stone into bread, forcing a school that you're supposed to go to into bread. It ain't going to feed you. How many of us are looking at stone situations, hoping that it turns into bread, turns into money, turns into what, what is the form of money is bread, turn into something that we can provide for ourselves. So what he's saying is, even though I have the power to turn this stone into bread, I know who my provider is. Do you know you're going to have the power and the ability to turn a stone situation into bread? That you can turn a business that God didn't want you to have into bread. That you can turn a relationship that wasn't meant for you to be bread. Come to find out when you turn it to bread, it's stale and, it, and, it's, and it's rotten. That it's not able to give you the nutrients that you need. What was the second temptation? He took him to a how what? And what did he tempt him to do on that, mount, on that, on that uh, uh, pinnacle? And why did he want him to jump down? So why do you think the devil tempted him in that way? What, what was the devil trying to get him to do? Prove. That's right. Prove. He knew that you're the son of God. Like if you jump off tens of thousands of angels, <laughs> we're not talking about in some wilderness place. Where no one. He brought him to a place where everyone was going to see. Jesus says, I'm not going to jump off this pinnacle to prove my deity. Because proving my deity won't bring people to the divine. Because what happened when he was turning, turning water into wine, turning food and multiplying the food? All the people came to him for the miracles, but didn't want to come to him. So what he was saying is, if I jump off this cliff and the world sees 10,000s of angels come save my life, but that won't change a person's life. What the devil was trying to do with Jesus was, how can I get you to show your divinity without going to the cross? The cross was what? <laughs> Would you say <laughs> the cross was what? <laughs> was showing was showing his divinity save mankind. Why wouldn't it save mankind? Just by him showing his divinity, why wouldn't that save mankind? The cross was the payment. So if he showed his divinity. And people got caught up in it, and then he got hyped off of his display, then he would have never got to the cross. What was the people looking for? They was expecting him to come on a horse and save them from Rome. So they didn't want, they, they thought the Messiah was going to save them from Caesar. But they know that the, the, that the Son of God was meant to save us from ourselves. He wasn't trying to save us from Rome, he was trying to create a home. And until we realize, that we can't expect God to save me from this trial. God, save me from the situation. He says, could it be that I'm using the situation to save you? And so when you begin to process those temptations, because Jesus said, I don't got to prove myself, which means discernment, people are discerning, don't have to prove themselves. They know this ain't the cross I'm supposed to carry. This ain't, this ain't meant for me to show off who I am for people to glorify me. What was the third temptation? Yep. And so why was he tempting to do that? He get Jesus to get everybody. How many of us bowed our knee to him? 
People think that selling your soul to the devil means you got to have a contract situation. You, you sitting on this side of the table and a devil sitting on that side of the table and he slides you a contract talking about, uh, let me let me draw some blood out of you and put it inside of a pen and then you sign your name. They think that's selling their soul. Do you know how many acres of your soul, that, do you know how many acres people sell their soul weekly, daily, or monthly? Selling your soul is not about, oh, now there's different levels of selling your soul. There's people that really do that contractual stuff, that the blood, they sign their name on blood, and they actually do that, right? And people think that that's the only form of selling their soul. But whoever has the whole has your soul. Whoever holds you has your soul. Now you have to ask yourself, who owns the most real estate of my soul? What's in your soul? For those who've been around me, you know, maybe you know some of these points. What's all in your soul? Emotions, thoughts, feelings, ideas, your will, your intellect, your knowledge, all that stuff is in your soul. So you have to begin to say, okay, how much of my thoughts are owned by God? How much of my memories are owned by him? How much of my feelings are owned by him? Pieces of your soul can be sold. And the reason why he asked you to bow down, like Alex said, was if I can get him to bow down, that's it. It didn't say for God so loved the world that he gave one of his begotten sons. <laughs> he gave his only begotten son. So if I can get the only, I can have the all. So, so Jesus was enough. He was so content in who he was as a child of God. Why do you think we needed a son of God? Why do you think we needed a son of God? Why was a son of God important? Yes. To kind of meet us in the middle. Meet us in the middle, but what else? Also descended in a sense? Something else. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, okay, why do you think we needed a son of God? Because he was holy with no sin. I'm going somewhere else, though. All those are good points. I feel like you don't literally recognize my son. It's in the phrase, son. He had to show us what it, what it means to be a son, or in other words, a child of God. God would never ask you to do something that he wouldn't do. Nobody wants to follow a leader who will ask you to do stuff but won't do it themselves. I need you to pick up all the paper, but you never seen them pick up paper. I want you to work long hours, but they don't work long hours. You're going to be like, what kind of leader are you to ask me to do things that you wouldn't do? So God said he worked, he worked how many days? Six and rested how many? One. That's an example, right? Everything, everything that God does. Next we're gonna start Genesis 1 1. We're gonna in the beginning. Okay. But anyway, but anyway, so everything God does has to be an example. So the Son of God had to be an example to show us what it's like to be a child of God. If you can't be a child <laughs> that hit you, that hit you, that hit you somewhere, didn't it? Hit you in the shining now. I understand. If I can't be a child, listen, listen, listen. This is this is this is important. How many dysfunctional relationships are there now because of dysfunctional homes? If I didn't have a good upbringing, how can I bring anything up to me? Like if I didn't, if I didn't know what, if I don't know what's like to be a son, I would be a horrible father. If I don't know what it's like to be a son, I'll be a horrible husband. If I don't know what it's like to be a child, I won't know what it's like to be a man. I won't be able to be mature enough to be a husband. And I won't be mature enough to be a father. I won't be mature enough to do any other position. 
He says, until you come to me as a what? Child. If I can't go to God and know, that's why the devil's after fathers. Because if I can mess up the image of fathers, I can mess up the image of the heavenly father. Now you're going to start thinking that God is like your pops. Wasn't there, there sometimes, sleeping around with everybody. Now all of a sudden you're thinking God is this God who's not there a God who is more invested in other people. And if you can't see God correctly, you won't be able to see anything correctly. If you don't know who he is, as he said, if you being evil, I'm about to be a dad, fam. So my baby girl going to get the best of anything I have, right? He says, if me being evil know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more? This, 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 this is her word. This, is, this, ain't, this ain't for nobody else. But right over here, this word is hitting her. Right? So let me just turn this way. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what am I saying? How much more? If I don't see God in the how much more category, then how can I reach any other category? Right? So now, I have to say, do I know what it's like to be a child? That means I got to forgive some people. You know, if some of you all got to say, man, I got to let go of my pops and what my mom did or didn't do. I got to let that go because if I don't know what it's like to be a child, I won't last a while. And so he says, but how many of us, we bow down, we turn stone into bread or we, we want to jump off of and prove. Jesus said, why would you tempt the Lord thy God? How many of us tempt God to prove to other people that we're trustworthy or that we treasure? That we're like, you, God saying, man, you know you should be home by 10. Now you're going all out your way to be with a girl who got a disease in her. You're going all out of your way to be in a situation testing me. Let me tell you something about God. Let me tell you something. God can, listen, listen, God may be able to save you from your sins, but he cannot, not only say cannot, but he won't always, or he's not always able to save from the consequences. If I go out, step out on my wife, have another baby by another woman, God ain't taking that baby back. God ain't gonna be like, Josh, I'm gonna spare you. I'm gonna take the baby back so you can have an amazing family. Look at David. David was supposed to be at war. The reason why many men and women fall because they're not warring in the place they're supposed to war. David sent all his men where? To go to war. That means he was left alone with all the women. When you're not, when you're not, for instance, all my ball players understand this. Who plays, okay, basketball, right? If I don't keep my head on a swivel, you heard me say this analogy plenty of times. If I'm on help D and I don't keep my head on a swivel, the ball gets tossed over. What's going to, what could happen to me? And then everybody come from the crowd doing this. Kids disrespect for this day, bro. Dude, people coming from all 60 people coming. What the ref say? The ref say stop. Man, disrespectful. Back in our day, we, we, we would have fucked. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's, but what I'm saying is injury, injuries occur when I'm not engaged. That's why they'd be like, you know, you just can't. That's why when, when the game starts getting sloppy, I don't like to play. Because someone's going to get hurt. If we're not engaged, if we're not, if everybody ain't playing serious, I'm, I'm too old to get injured. <laughs> 
I sprained an ankle. I'm out, I'm out six to three months. Six to eight months. <laughs> six to three, my bad boundaries. What may be six, six to five, six to, hold on. Six to, I'm going backwards. Slow down, slow down. What may take y'all five to six days to heal might take me two to three weeks to heal. Six to three months. That's by faith. What, 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 what the devil meant for, anyway. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, the more skilled I am, the more mature I am, the better I am able to help the I am. The, the more I'm able to help God, the more I'm able to be efficient, the more I'm able to save time, the more I'm not wasting my time interacting with demons. Do you know, man, you do not want to be in a situation, or how many of you are, let's make it personal. How many of you are right now are entertaining demons right now? Demonic friendships, demonic relationships, demonic, 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 demonic. Like, this ain't a game, fam. And not everything's a demon, so I'm not sitting there and be like, oh, man, everything's a demon. Your book has got a demon in it. I'm not saying your, your calculus book got a demon. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you just can't accept everything that wants to be accepted in your life. You got to begin to ask yourself, what inside of me makes me want things badly? You got to be at a place where you say, I can do without it. Need and wants. What's the big difference between need and wants? I did this in economics, but I'll do it in here. What's the big difference between needs and wants? The need is like a basic thing. Like, you need water. Mm -hmm. You need food. Like, um, and what about want? Let's stick with water. Right now, <laughs> how many of us, <clears throat> because of the abundance of water, will get a water bottle Right, we'll get a water bottle, but because there's so much water, we waste the water. Half a bottle, we drink half a bottle, leave the half a bottle there. We waste the water. But what happens when there's, think about, who is it Mississippi? There, some, some, Jacksonville, Mississippi? What happens when you need water? How many people in this room who would never kill a soul? <laughs> But if everybody needs water, we'll be tempted to kill somebody for some water, rob somebody for some water. You can't be in a position of need. Listen, when you want something, it means you have the luxury of not needing it. But when you need something, you don't have the luxury of not needing it. God is the only one that can satisfy your needs. And if you haven't allowed God to satisfy your need for love, you're going to be looking for love in all the what? Wrong places. If you need attention, what do girls do when they need attention? Guys, what happens? What do guys do when they need attention? Okay, Cayman. All right. They, 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 they. Okay. Basically, what I'm saying is, is that when you need something, you will go out your way to feed, to feed off of it. How many of us, think about that one area of your life, that one area of your life that you go out of your way to get? Oh, no. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> hey, man, we, we need you in the class because you always contribute. What were you about to say? Yeah, don't even got to say it out loud. What is that personal area of your life that you will go out of your way to get it? 
You will go out of your way. That means God hasn't become your way. God hasn't become the one you need, right? So to finish, to cap this off, next week we'll finish this a little bit more. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the words of righteousness. <clears throat> so the question you have to ask yourself, how skilled am I in the word of God? Like, it doesn't matter how skilled you are in athletics. It doesn't matter how skilled you are in academics. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're skilled with your hands, skilled with your mind. It doesn't matter how skilled you are in those areas. If you're not skilled in the things of God, those things cannot defeat the enemies of God. You, like I said before, you, you can't, you, the demon ain't going to play you one-on-one -on -one in basketball. <laughs> a demon ain't going to do routes with you to see who's, a demon's going to hit you where you're vulnerable. Demons going to, see, listen, there's no referees in this thing. Demons don't fight fair. They'll hit you where you're the most vulnerable. Let me finish this real quick. It says, um, for everyone who lives on milk, that means they live off of for their, for their nutrients, is unskilled in the words of righteousness, since he or she is a child. But solid food is for the mature. Are you still at the kid's table or are you at the adult table? But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Do you know God has you in a situation right now to, to build, to give you practice opportunity? We focus so much on performance that we overlook the importance of practice. If you don't practice, how good is your performance? Right now, God is giving you the opportunity to practice what it means to be discerning. Practicing what it means to, to, to understand. It says, for their powers of discernment is trained by constant practice to distinguish between good and evil. What is presented before you today? Do you know if it's good or evil? Because sometimes good and evil looks the same. And that's it. All right, y'all good to go. Y'all good to you know, chat with your friends, all the good stuff. So that's it.